Good morning. Good morning. Byron, are you ready to go? All right. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Proverbs 22, verse 6. When you're there, say amen. If you have your electronic devices or up here on the screen before you, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Everybody ready to read Amen? Yeah, amen. The scripture says, Proverbs 22, verse 6, Start children off the, on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank You for the reading of Your Word. I pray now, Father, that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses, that we'd be receptive to your word, that we'd take and apply to our lives, that we may be better disciples of your son, Jesus. I pray now, Father, that you'd use me as your humble vessel, speaking your word through me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. So, train a child up in the right way, and soon they shall not depart. Right? So that means if you teach them right from the get-go, they're going to always do what's right. Correct? No? No, they're not always going to do what's right. Um, I had, uh, look, I want to be not politically correct this morning. I feel like we call today Father's Day and it's wrong. I think today should be called Daddy's Day. Daddy's Day. And I'm going to explain. My daddy was a school teacher for 27 years. He was big into horticulture. He was a hog farmer. He... Uh, he done carpenter work, he done electrical work, he done plumbing work, he built houses, whatever. Daddy was a jack of all trades but a master of none. Any of you know anybody like that? Me. Yeah, Josh said he does. Yeah. <laughs> my daddy was a daddy figure in my life, of course. And then I had another daddy figure in my life that couldn't read or write or count. He could write his name. And that was my granddaddy uh, on, my, on my dad's side. My mom's granddaddy was a daddy figure in my life as well. Um, he was a metal worker and owned a furniture store at some point in time in his life. He was a, a, a fine man. When Granddaddy McGregor pointed at you and told you to do something, he'd cut his index finger off working at the, at the, at the parsonage for... The preacher hanging some mold and he cut his index finger off and when they sewed it back on, they sewed it crooked. So when he'd point at you, he'd do this until you go do it. Yeah. So I remember that about my granddaddy. He was a big man. He had a big hand the size of my head. And then I had another father figure in my life. It was a Vietnam vet. He taught my Sunday school class when I was a child growing up. I had another father figure that was a lab technician at a hospital. He, he hunted with me and my best friend, and he done all kind of stuff with us and took us places. Um, another father figure in my life is Brenda's stepdaddy. He, he is uh, the same age as, as my daddy, and uh, me and him have gotten really close throughout the years, and he's a father figure in my life. All of these men have one general thing in common. 
They all know the Lord. And they laid a foundation in my life. Even as I was older, they began to still uh, lay foundations in my life of who God is and who we are called to be as children of God. How many of you know any other uh, daddy figures in your life besides just your daddy? You think back to them and what they've done for you and what they've accomplished and that they gave of themselves so that you could have uh, that foundation in your life of who God is. So for me, I don't really want Joshua to be politically correct when somebody says, well, uh, whose son are you? I don't want him to say, well, my father is Scott Lindsay. I want him to say, well, my daddy is Scott Lindsay and my father is God. That's what I want him to say because that's who my father is. All those men I mentioned, they didn't always do what was right. They weren't always perfect. They weren't always uh, the kindest they could have been. And not everybody liked them at every point in time in their life. They couldn't make everybody happy. That was not what they were called to do. But they all knew God. And there's only one perfect, always right Father in my life, and that is God. And I hope this morning that you can think about uh, Father's Day this morning and think of God, your Father. But not forget who your daddy is and those people who played the daddy role in your life that gave to you. Because I believe that any man can father a child, but it takes a real man to be a daddy. So, happy Daddy's Day. We'll go, we'll go to that this morning. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verses 4 through 11. I'm going to read verses 4 through 11 for you, and then I'm going to begin to paraphrase a little bit. Because I like to do that. 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse 4. When you're there, say amen. Electronic device, are you ready to read? It's on the screen before you. Amen. First Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse 4, the scripture says, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor, bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze. Gavs and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Now this, I'm going to stop right there. Goliath says that he is, it says that he is six cubits in a span. He is nine foot, three inches tall. Nine foot, three inches tall. He's a very big man. He's a big guy. Uh, both of my granddaddies were big men. They were six foot four. Biggins. But now, nine foot, three inches is a giant. My granddaddies, when I was a child, they was a giant to me. They were big. But when you think about all this armor and all that Goliath had and everything that he stood for, it's amazing how this story unfolds. Picking up in verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? 
Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David, Saul's daddy, had sent him to the front lines to check on his brothers because all of them were fighting in the Israelite army. And he'd brought some food for them. And when he got there, he was questioning about where his brothers were and they said he was at the front line. And he heard this proclamation from Goliath about coming out and fighting and he seen the terror that was in their eyes and how they were all scared and terrified of what could happen. And David told Saul, he said, I'll go and fight Goliath. And Saul said, you're just a boy. You can't go and fight this giant. And he says, sir, with all due respect, I want you to understand that I tend my father's flocks. And when a lion or a bear comes and takes one of our sheep or lambs, I go and track it down. I grab it by the mane or by the nape of the neck and I kill it. And I take the lamb out of his mouth. And he said, in both of these, the lion and the bear, I have overcome. He says, I'll go because the Lord is with me. I'll go and stand up against this giant. So Saul said, well, as as you say. But Saul wants to give him protection, so he gives him all this armor that Saul wore. And can you imagine him putting it on? You know, how many of you see your kids wearing uh, their clothes and stuff? Wearing your clothes. When Josh was little, he might put his his feet in my boots and walk around in them and stuff like that. Very little did he do that. But sometimes he'd do that. Now I wear his shoes. But when we think about dressing up and wearing someone else's clothes that are too big for us, this is the picture you have of David wearing Saul's armor. He put it on and he says, I can't move in this. I I haven't conquered it yet. I can't wear this stuff. It's not going to do me any good. It's going to slow me down. So he takes it all off. He grabs nothing but his shepherd's bag and his, his sling. And he takes off with his slingshot and he stops at a little brook and he picks up five smooth stones. And he heads out to the front line. And can you imagine what Goliath thought when he saw David coming? He thought it was humorous that they sent a boy out to fight him. And he said, what am I, a dog, that you come at me with a stick? And so he lowers his guard. And he's laughing and and taunting to David. And he moves forward to the front line and David runs ahead and he grabs one of the stones and he puts it in his slingshot and he lets it go. And it strikes Goliath on the forehead and he falls to his knees. And David takes Goliath's sword and he beheads him. And all of the Israelite army give a great shout of joy for David has overcome Goliath. And they rush after all the Philistine army and they drive them back. And they begin to destroy them all over the place as they catch up with them. And David returns back to Saul's tent. And he's still carrying Goliath's head. And David says, you can have 
Saul tells David, you can have anything you want. You'll be cherished here. Everything's great. See, the difference between Goliath and David was this. David knew who his heavenly father was. His daddy had sent him to the front lines, but his father was going to watch over and care for him. His father was going to provide for him. His father was going to deliver him out of the hands of the Philistines. We, in a sense, need to do the same things when we are faced with giants in our lives. Instead of being concerned about how big they are, being terrified by our trials and tribulations, our pain and our suffering, we need to be just saying, our God can handle this. God does not want to send us out without anybody with us. He doesn't want us to go forth and and not have Him with us. The Father says He'll go with us, that He'll provide for us. I think I know that song. Yeah. He wants to provide for us. He wants to give to us the very best. How many of you give your children the very best? Give them the very best. How many of his kids are spoiled? How many of them are spoiled rotten? Yeah. Because we give of our very best for them. Joshua's spoiled. He knows he's spoiled. And at times when he's spoiled rotten, I have to say, boy, do you know how much I do for you? Do you know what all I do for you? Once a year. Yeah, once a year I have to tell him that. And then when I tell him that, I hear God talking to me saying, Scott, do you know how much I do for you? Do you know how much I provide for you? Do you know how much I give to you every day that you take for granted that it's just going to be there? And it's humbling to think that my Father in Heaven gives to me every day even though I don't deserve it. He gives to me. He gives to each and every one of us. He gave us His one and only Son that all we had to do was accept Him. To accept what He done for us on the cross of Calvary. And He's going to adopt us as His children. We're going to have the same inheritance that Jesus is going to have in the kingdom of heaven. We have life and we'll have it in abundance because He's given us this gift of salvation. All because He loves us. He wants to give us the very best. Look at Mark. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 40. You there? Say amen. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Scripture says, That day when evening came, He said to His disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took took Him along just as He was in the boat. There were also other boats with Him. A fierce squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke Him and said to Him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, 
and it was completely calm. These disciples, their daddies had raised them up, had taught them how to fish, had taught them how to do the trades that they had known. And then when their father, Jesus, came along, they began to follow Him and listen to Him and, and be taught by Him. They'd seen all these wonderful things that Jesus had done. And yet, when they were with Him in the boat and He was asleep in the stern, and a storm came up, <clears throat> excuse me, they woke Jesus up because he, he was sleeping. The boat was taken on water and Jesus was sleeping. And he wakes up and he rebukes the wind and the water. He says, quiet, be still. And everything was calm again. And they wondered, who is this man that even the winds and the waves respond to him? But look at what Jesus says in verse 40. He said to His disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? No faith. So our faith in God has to do with how we react to situations. Our faith in God has to do with how we face our giants in our lives. It was not David's fight when he went out against Goliath, but it was God's fight. Because we know that David overcome Goliath through the strength that God gave him. Not on his own. We understand that David also was able to overcome lions and bears because God gave him the strength to do so. And we know that God gives us the strength to make it through trials and tribulations not on our own accord, not on the fact of what we've done, but what God's done and is doing for us through His Son Jesus. Amen. So when we find ourselves in a situation facing our trials and tribulations, what shall we do? We should hear what Jesus says in verse 40. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Because we have seen Jesus take care of us. We've seen Him provide for us. We've seen Him give to us. And we know that Jesus is in control of everything that happens to us. Amen? Amen? We know that God reigns victorious regardless what happens. That God is the same God on the mountaintop as He is in the valley. And we know that God is our Father. And that He held nothing back. He gave us the very best in His Son Jesus. So that we could have salvation that we could stand before Him on that day in His presence as righteous. So today, even though they call it politically correct Father's Day, it's Daddy's Day to me. So I want you today as you go throughout your day to think of all those people who have been a daddy figure in your life. Maybe your, your daddy's already gone on to be with the Lord and you... Think about Him and what He done for you in your life laying that foundation. If you have the opportunity to call up those who have been daddy figures and tell them thank you, do so. But also today, I want you to make a call that's not long distance. I want you to call and talk to the Father and tell Him how much He means to you. Tell Him thank you for everything that He's done for you. And that Father I'm talking about is Father God.